Ladies and gentlemen, 4th and Trollers, welcome back to 4th and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we are back for another episode, baby. We have got a fun one today. <laughs> We're going over some ADP, some average draft positions, looking at who's too high, who's too low going to be a fun time here in a few weeks we're going to be talking about the first and second round specifically so make sure you subscribe follow us on our social media down below so we can keep you updated you can be up to date on all our information our knowledge per se and uh and uh we're gonna have a fun time today first thing wes how are you doing how are things what is life like in uh sunny west side of the united states Wow, that was a wonderful question. First of all, let me just say, getting good at the plug, Noah. Making sure that you remind everyone to subscribe and like. It's Dude, very natural. It's fun to I'm... point. It's really fun to point. Now, <laughs> it's so fun down to below. Point. Hey, like, hey, we're down out. there. Mm-mm, and I think mm-mm, I think boom, socials right are a little bit like here. Yeah, something like, like that. Check out the socials. Brilliant. If, we're, if I'm mirrored right now, I'm not sure, but it's ooh, there's some below me, and You're there's good. some either here yeah. or here. Something uh, like that. Yeah, they're all down <laughs> below in the lower thirds of your screen. Uh, uh, and also, fantastic. Uh, obviously, that only applies if you're watching on YouTube. So if you're not watching on YouTube, head on over to the 4th Control Fantasy YouTube page. And uh, and we'll just make sure we can smile at you on a Tuesday morning, if you don't mind. Anyways, again, Wes, how are things? I'm in love with you. That was so beautiful. <laughs> that segue was mwah, chef's kiss. I'm great. Saw um, my girlfriend and I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three over the weekend. So good. I, I mean, it's it's weird to say like, oh, it was so good because it it's kind of felt, you know, we've kind of been let down, disappointed, subpar, and their par is basically like a birdie, you know, by other people's standards. Yeah. But this, I mean, aside golf. from Spider Man, because yeah, but we're a football podcast, no more golf here. Uh, aside from yeah. Spider-Man, I think Guardians 3 is the best movie since Endgame of these Marvel. I don't think yeah. that's ridiculous to say. 100%. Yeah, do you agree? Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. Guardians 3 is actually right. in my like top five MCU uh, wow. after watching. It is yeah. It is so good. It is. I, I No spoilers if anyone hasn't seen it, but if you haven't seen it, what are you Thank doing? You. Get to the theater and see it yeah. because it's and so, see it in so freaking good. Yeah, go check or it out in theaters. You know, if, or, it's great in theater. And if, you know, if you're a str- person who yeah. likes to do you know, Disney Plus or streaming services or whatever, do it then. Or, but just, just make sure you see it. In theaters is fantastic. It is, it is a fantastic experience. Fun times. Yeah. Guardians 3 was yeah, fantastic. Sounds like a, so, a, like a lovely time, Wes. It was. That a, yeah, weekend has been great uh, since, and also since last Tuesday when we saw you all. How are you, Noah? How's everything? How's life? How's the weather treating you? I know the weather is getting a little warmer where you are. You doing okay? You got the fan um, and AC on? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. It's uh, okay. We hit triple digits today in Arizona, so it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely getting warm. Um, but you know, I recently just actually got my haircut today. And uh, went a little shorter than I usually do. Thanks, dude. Went a little shorter than I usually do because it's, you know, it's summer. It's a summer cut. So we're going to ride with this for a little bit. Usually Uh, do a two, do a one. 
And then, uh, yeah, you do a two to a one. Usually it's just I been do a as long well. time. Yeah. I get a haircut once yeah, every three been, years. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's summer. So, it's coming up. I may need something. Subscribe for money saving tips, essentially, is what we're saying. So, <laughs> uh, essentially, what that's coming down to. Anyways, I'm doing great. Staying cool, cooling down. It's, uh, it's, it's fun here in Arizona, but we're enjoying it. It's, it's going to be a fun. The first pool day of the season is approaching, so it's going to be a fun time for oh, sure. Congratulations. <sighs> Thanks. It's been a long time coming, but um, <laughs> excited for it. And the Jonas Brothers' new album just came out, quote, the album. And I don't know if you guys oh, have listened man. to it. I don't know what the Venn diagram ratio is of fourth and troll listeners to <laughs> Jonas Brothers <laughs> listeners. I don't Dude, know how many people are. I, don't I know can tell you right in, now. In between. There's there at is, least one. There is, there's no Venn diagram. It is a circle. It is, yeah, it is synonymous. Is, yeah. it's, it's a requirement for each of the listeners in the right. categories. Um, Should that listen to it, fantastic. actually. Thank you so for good. the reminder. Uh, produced by John Bellion, who's one of my favorite artists and a fantastic producer. So fantastic album. I'm loving that. It's on repeat right now. Blasting some summer jams. Um yeah, I'm doing good. It's it's been a it's been a great week. I'm excited to be back talking to the trollers, talking to the Jareds. Excited to break down some ADP. Uh, first things first, Wes, we got to jump into the news. What's going on in the NFL right now? Nothing. Great. So let's jump into the ADPs. Uh, listen, <laughs> it's listen. We can't always bring top tier news and information, guys. It's always it's it's, May. sometimes there's nothing that happens. Sometimes there's nothing going on, so we gotta we get you know not always gonna be gonna be soothed by Wes's lovely voice reading the news in the beginning. Sometimes we just gotta yeah. roll with it. All right, so we're gonna jump into the ADP section here and just give you guys a fun little episode on average draft position. Listen, major fantasy football platforms have their own rankings and, and ADPs and stuff like that. Not all of them are currently updated right now, so what we're gonna be going off of today. Is going to be ESPN Fantasy's ADPs. It's going to be obviously for redrafts, drafts, full PPR. Uh, and this is going to be based off of it was a 10-team league. So we're going to go through, obviously it's going to be through the 10th pick and around, and then it'll move to the next round. So we're going to start with just kind of a general kind of kind of reaction and, and, and talk, and then we're going to go over some some of our some of our you know players at each position that we think is they're going way too high. And, and players who are going way too low. Some of these guys that you're going to get some massive value on or guys that you should just stay away from because it's, it's not worth it. They're not going to return on that investment of a high draft pick. But, Wes, well, so I'll say this. The first round of fantasy drafts has been... It feels like it's been pretty much the same over the, the recent years. You know, you got your Christian McCaffrey's in there. You got your Austin Eckler's in there. You got your, you know, you got your Devontae Adams, your... Stefan Diggs, your Jamar Chase, your Cooper Cup, uh, your Justin Jefferson, those guys. But I'll, notice, I'll, I'll point out here and talk about how I listed two running backs. And I was very easy, easily able to name five wide receivers here. Yeah. When I started playing fantasy, that wasn't the, how the first round would go, man. That was the, the, the game has changed a bit. Because I think we are seeing more and more people being very okay taking these top-tier wide receivers in the first round over these running backs. It's just too, you know, it's too hard, I believe, sometimes to go ahead and predict 
you know, we like to think Christian McCaffrey is going to be the same elite guy, but hey, man, he might get hurt. He might get hurt, and that might mess him up a little bit. And it just, just seems like these wide receivers tend to be hold up a little more. And, and rightfully so. The running back position is the most beaten up position on a football team. It is the, they, yeah. they have the most opportunities and situations in which players are going, oh, that guy's got the ball. I'm going to put him into the dirt. Like that's the, these guys get beaten up. And so the game's changed a little bit for fantasy and wide receivers getting taken early. And I don't know if you have the first round pulled up for us, but if you want to go through these top guys, these top 10 picks, let's go through them because I just think it's, it's changed. And it's something we got to talk about before we jump into just some, some further in depth on ADP. Absolutely. It has definitely changed. And I think that is the reason that for two things, and I'll segue the second one into, I'll just list off the first 10 based on ESPN's yeah. uh, ADP as of May 16th, what's going on. Um, I counted, I, I don't believe I miscounted, there are only eight running backs in the top 20. Wow. Isn't that wild? That's yeah, pretty, it's pretty wide receiver dominant in which yeah. we would, it would not surprise me. I think even just a few years ago, Maybe it was in like the Todd Gurley era, but we were seeing first round being seven or eight running backs, and you were crazy if you were taking a wide receiver in the first round. Oh, yeah. And to now hear that wide receivers are dominating the first two rounds over these running backs is, is pretty nuts. So, I mean, I think we got to just jump into it is, figuring this out. It is amazing because I – I, I'm sure other people may have better memory and have you know more experience in, in several decades of fantasy football, but this is the first time I have seen ADP where it is almost unquestionable that the number one pick for fantasy this season is a wide receiver. Justin Jefferson right now is the 101, the first pick in the draft according to ESPN, yeah. and there's no reason he shouldn't be. I'll just list the other nine players, top 10, and then let's just kind of discuss our initial thoughts on this. So number one right now is Justin Jefferson. Number two is still Austin Eckler. Number three, Christian McCaffrey. Number four, Jamar Chase. Number five, Cooper Cup. Number six, Travis Kelsey. Number seven, Bijan Robinson. Eighth, Tyreek Hill. Represent Miami. Here we go. Number nine, Saquon Barkley. Fins up. And the last player as of now in the top 10 to round it out is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it's very nice for me to see that people still believe in the players that were good in 2021, but were hurt like Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Jamar Chase had his hip injury. He's back. Christian McCaffrey has had an injury history, but he played, I think, an entire season last year. It's wonderful to see that. Saquon is also there. I think kind of what we're seeing with these running backs is they are so good, even though they're hurt. And it's almost like people just have to get a running back thing. No has the best points per game, despite the injuries, because the wide receivers are taking over. And obviously it makes sense. All of these wide all these running backs, except maybe Bijan, possibly Jonathan Taylor, are very PPR heavy. So it's it's passing for sure. What do you think, Noah? Yeah, I think I think this is how the trend is going to go. And I, and it won't surprise me if this goes even further into wide receivers favor as we continue. Like I just said, the running back position is so beat up. It's got the highest turnover of any position in the, in the league. You know, it's it, 
random running backs will come into play for fantasy football because a Jonathan Taylor will get hurt, because a Saquon Barkley will get hurt, because an Austin Eckler will get hurt. You know, there's a reason we know Elijah Mitchell's name. One, he had a great rookie season, but two, he plays behind Christian McCaffrey and and sees work and sees work. And so, um, yeah, yeah, these top ten, I honestly it, it surprises me. I'm I you know I just said you know you see a lot of wide receivers. It does surprise me still that there are more running backs inside this top ten. Then there are wide receivers, five to four, and then Travis Kelsey being being the one uh, outlier there at the tight end position, which I have no problem with. I will take him at any point in the first round. Like it's he is yeah. such a positional advantage that it's yeah. it's just not fair to have Travis Kelsey on your team. So, um, but no, I, I I see it and I like it, and I think uh, this top ten is is really solid. These are probably going to be around the top ten fantasy players in in the NFL this year for, for fantasy. And so I'm excited about it. And I think those are uh, the best guys to, to have in that first round. Probably uh, any other thoughts on that West before we jump into some too high, too low. Uh, yeah. Just a couple, uh, maybe two thoughts left. I, I think it's interesting to note that the top 10, especially, especially first round and really first and second round, but these top 10 they all feel like they sh- they are supposed to be top 5 in their position. This isn't this isn't a gamble. None of these players are on a new team. None of these players are uh have a new quarterback or um we just something has changed drastically. Like I mean, think about Tony Pollard. Like everyone's excited about Tony Pollard, but he's not first round material obviously. The only outlier for me is Bijan Robinson, but he's I mean, it feels very much like he is going to be a top five. It's going to surprise everybody if he's a complete bust. I'll say that. Um, and then I also want to give you a shout out because I think ESPN heard, I think they watched our social clip on fourth and troll with Instagram, and Facebook, and they're like, oh yeah, that's right. Cooper cup. You're uh, the fifth uh, 105 because gotta be. Yeah. And here's might the thing. As well. <laughs> I, I hope people don't listen. I would love if I had a if I had a late <laughs> your round own personal pick and, league, yeah. and, it, and it got to be like you know I got to, if I had the twelfth or tenth pick or whatever, and I got to the turn and Travis Kelsey and Cooper Cup were there. Oh, everyone else should quit because I'm I'm winning. I'm winning the league at that point. Like it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who else I get. Like those two paired up together would be absolutely insane. So, um, thanks for the shout out. Yeah, I know Cooper Cup. Yeah, of course. Gotta love it, man. I love that he's still there. I love that he's still there. I love that people still value him. So, um. Let's jump in here. We're going to look at some players at each position that Wes, you and I think are being drafted too high and guys that are being drafted too low, guys that are going to return heavily on the investment that you give them because they are going to exceed that expectation, guys that are going to let you down because, well, what the heck? I drafted him with my third-round pick, and he and he sucks. He's the RB26. Well, you should listen for the troll, I told you. You know, you should, you should have listened. So we'll yeah. see how this plans out here. I'm going to start out with a quarterback that I think is just going way too high. And I think we'll probably agree on this. I think we and I are in the same mindset here. I will just preface this real quick before I jump into this to say, oh, Wes yes, and I yes. have not shared. We have not shared these players with each other. So if we end up having the same people, maybe a little less content for you, but more of us doubling down on these players and going, listen, believe it. These guys are going too high. Don't waste your pick on these guys. So, this is this is surprises to both of us as we share each of these players. So it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Make sure you subscribe to the socials below because we're probably going to post some clips from this too. <laughs> and uh, you'll want to see those on social media as well just to get that little reminder. But the quarterback that I have going too high is Dak Prescott. It's He's going currently as the QB 10. And I've got him as my QB 19 for the season. I think he's going way too high. I don't think he's going to be a viable weekly fantasy starter. I know that Dallas and, and, and Mike McCarthy have said they want to run the football more. Well, what's that do? That's taking the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands, which I don't understand. Dak Pres- or Mike McCarthy's like, listen, let's run the football more. Let's score less so that our defense isn't on the field for as long. And it's like, wow, Super Bowl mindset if I've ever seen one. You are a brilliant <laughs> mind, my friend. Like, I don't understand it for sure because obviously that offense can be high-powered. We've seen it be high-powered, but – Dallas wants to run the ball more, and they didn't add any major weapons in the draft or free agency. They've got Luke Shoemaker from Michigan as a tight end to fill in for Dalton Schultz. Maybe he becomes a little relevant there, but they didn't spend high capital on another running back. They didn't draft another wide receiver. They, they've, they're pretty firm in feeling out Brandon Cooks being added to this offense, I guess. So we'll just see how it goes, but Dak going at the QB 10 is way too high. There, this is just a list of guys going after him that I would rather have starting as my quarterback in fantasy. Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Anthony Richardson, Jared Goff, Tua Tungabailoa. That's like that's eight guys right there that I'm like, I would rather have those guys leading my fantasy team as a, at the quarterback position. And those guys are all going before or all going after Dak Prescott is being drafted. I think Dak's going way too high. I think QB 10 is way too high for him. He's kind of shown that he doesn't really have much left in the tank. It feels like it feels like he's kind of like a glorified field manager. And, and that might you know, listen Dallas Cowboys fans that listen to the show might get a little mad right now, but if you're a smart uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys fan, you're probably going to agree with me and recognizing that Dak is past it, you know? And so um, that's where I'm at. I think Dak's going way too high. QB 10 is too high for me. I think that is totally sound as well. I don't I don't know how many people I actually don't believe that many people are excited for Dak Prescott in the world of fantasy for this upcoming season yeah. because I think everyone that's paying attention now. If you're watching this podcast, you care about fantasy football. So you know what Mike McCarthy has been saying. You know that Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator, left. You know the passing game is changing. And I'm also not quite as confident for CeeDee Lamb for that reason, but I'm more willing to take that shot. Dak, here's here's the other thing that I think a lot of true Cowboys fans knows. Ezekiel Elliott is a heck of a pass blocker. And there's just yeah. another another thing that is gone. I think what's unfortunate is that Ezekiel Elliott's last snap was literally snapping the football Against yeah. the Niners. And that is his legacy. And they're like, oh, we don't need him. Tony Pollard is great. Well, I mean, in the game management, you probably do need him. But for fantasy, Dak Prescott probably needs him. And so my quarterback that I think is too high is for the same reasons that, uh, for you as what you listed. Of all these yeah. other quarterbacks, I'd much rather, much rather have. And even ones that I'd rather gamble having than over Dak Prescott this season. So, yeah, I, I totally – QB 10 – from, from ESPN, I totally agree. That is way too high. Yeah, we're in the same mind frame, Wes. So hit me. Who is your too high quarterback? Because we're in the same – I think we're feeling the same way. Yeah, it's QB9. It's Deshaun Watson because yeah. I 
I just, I don't know if I'm ready to take that risk after seeing a couple minutes of him last season Yeah, and everything he's gone through. And not to mention, like, Amari Cooper, I think, is going to do well for them. Uh, who's it? Elijah Moore, didn't he end up in Cleveland? I always forget. Elijah Moore is there. Davis. Donovan Peoples-Jones is yeah. there. Elijah Moore, there's, yeah. There's a few there's guys. A solid, there's a solid receiving core, so I don't mind that. But I also know they have Nick Chubb, and I do mind that. And I yeah. I get it. I get that Deshaun Watson has wheels, and I get that there's literally more value to rushing statistics in every way. So that that is generally attractive, but I don't know that that is going to happen. And again, yeah. there are players that are that are in my top ten, or at least very well could be my top ten. They're drafted way after. I mean, Tua is QB fourteen on this list. We know yeah. what he can do when he's healthy. And Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are there. Geno Smith is there. Um, Jared Goff, I think, is going to be great. Kirk Cousins, I wouldn't mind him. If you've got if you've got Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, you got the yeah. Gritty Brothers, dude. I'm freaking ready yeah. for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Honestly, Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather have Aaron yeah. Rodgers over Deshaun Watson. So it's the same idea. It's For me, it's a risk because I don't know if we're going to get Houston Texans Deshaun Watson or if we're going to get right. – this that I think could likely be just kind of a bust, but yeah. it's just everybody else after him I know is top 10, at least top 15. It just doesn't feel certain for me with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. No, I'm in the same place as you. I was talking to somebody in a league that I'm in today, and I was saying, listen, it won't surprise me if at the end of the season Deshaun Watson is a top five fantasy quarterback. I'll go, well, yeah, we've seen that from him before. Incredible. Like, like he, he's back. He bounced back. Like he's he's back in his form. But it also won't surprise me if he's not even in the top twenty. Like if he's just if it's like, oh, well, yep, the two years off of football really did him in and he is done for. And congratulations on your payday because you made a crap ton of money <laughs> Golly. being a bad football player. So it, it it's such a it's it's like I don't know and, and I feel like I have an idea that he's not gonna be as good as he once was and you know, I saw Jacoby Brissett operating offense better than Deshaun Watson last year. And that's saying things because as Dolphins fans, Wes, you and I have watched Jacoby Brissett start and play football games. Yeah. And I didn't enjoy those. So, no. uh, yeah. Far too many it's, QB it's snakes. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, hashtag Brian Flores era. My goodness. What a, what a time that was. Um Listen, I'll go – this kind of segues us because I'm going to go to who I think is being drafted too low. And I'm going to get to just be a biased Dolphins fan right now because Tua Tungabailoa is getting drafted as the QB 14. And he's currently my quarterback eight in my rankings for this season. Listen, call it bias. Call it what you want. I'm going to call it let's look at the numbers, okay? Because if we take away injuries last year – and we replace the average yards that Tua Tungavailoa was passing per game and fill them into those five games that he missed, Tua Tungavailoa was pacing for 5,028 passing yards last season, would have been second in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. And he was pacing for 35 passing touchdowns, which have been tied for second in the league with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, just behind Patrick Mahomes. He is he, he, if he was not concussed last season on multiple occasions, 
he would have been a top three, top five quarterback in the league, leading to a fantastic fantasy finish as well. He doesn't use his legs maybe as much as those guys do, but he doesn't really have to because he has two of the best wide receivers in the league to use their legs to move the football. So I I can't believe that Tua is going at QB 14. It's, it's surprising to me. There are guys going before him that I would pass on. Guys like I would pass on Justin Herbert. I would pass on Deshaun Watson. I would pass on Dak Prescott. I would pass on Kirk Cousins. I would pass on Aaron Rodgers. I would pass on Daniel Jones. Those are all guys going ahead of Tua this year that I'm looking at and going, why? I mean, listen, if you're concerned about the injuries, that's fine. I get it. Concussions, It's he's he has gotten reports from doctors that he is at no higher risk to re-injure himself than, than any other quarterback would be playing in his position. He has gone through the treatment. He's gone through the protocol. He's good to go. He has been given the clear from doctors. So Tua going at QB 14 after 13 other quarterbacks get selected. Listen, maybe you don't feel comfortable as a starter. Great. Take one of the 13 guys ahead of him and still have this guy on your bench and then get ready for him to explode because he's going to take off. Tua going at QB 14 is way too low. He should be going much higher. QB 8 for me. And and listen, again, call it the bias. Call it what you want. I call it the numbers and the maths. So there you go. I've never been more attracted to you in my life. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it is numbers. It is numbers. It, 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 it just, it, it's the facts. And it yeah. is the points per game. It was the pace he was on. And it, it's just, it's the health concern that I understand if he was bottom of the top 10 in the ADP, but to fall out of the top, like he's barely top 15 right now in the ADP. That is, yeah. that is insane to me. Ridiculous. And I'm, I'm going to go even further with your suggestion and say, like, if you want to go get one of the guys before and then get Tua, go get Tua and then wait and get Kenny Pickett or Jared Goff at 20th or 22nd. And it's like you can yeah. have a reliable quarterback to take over in case Tua's hurt or if there's just a better matchup for whatever reason because their sure. offense is so high-powered. It's like you can make Tua your QB1 and feel yeah. good about it. And if you have any reservation, any kind of concern about his injury, then just wait until round 10 or 11 and get Goff. Get Brock Purdy. I don't care. Derek Carr yeah. is there. Just get somebody if you really feel that concerned. Or yeah. just don't draft anybody. And get Tua, yeah. and then like week five or six, go get somebody else off the waiver wire because that might be when that starts to happen. And you get another. I mean, it's just this is it's honestly it's ridiculous that he's fallen that far. I, I yeah. what a steal, what a yeah. steal. <laughs> Golly, Golly. Anyway, gee whiz, uh, Wes, <laughs> tell me he was too low for you because we're we're starting to bother people by how much we're talking about the Dolphins here. Yeah, well, they listen to us. They understand oh, well, what happens. They know uh, the rule. It's so he's actually s still in the top ten, but I still think Trevor Lawrence is too low in sure. in the rankings. It's he's he's QB eight right now, but when you look at the actual overall, he's the seventy third player in the ADP, and yeah, that is fantastic news to me because I have him as number five. I mean, he could be six, he could be yeah. seven, 
but he is right there in the mix of the top 10 quarterbacks for this season in fantasy. And we know that with the weapons he's got with Calvin Ridley, that's going to be fantastic. ETN's going to be there. Evan Ingram is going to be there another year. I mean, this is going to be his year. He's going to own the AFC South, and let alone fantasy is going to be easy for him. And let's not forget, he is so good with his legs. He can pick yeah. up first downs. He has a, a, I mean, rushing touchdowns are not out of the question. He's not Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson, but I would say he's he may be the next best rushing quarterback. I mean, you got to consider Kyler Murray, obviously, but the, I mean, the points that he can accumulate are fantastic. And for him to fall into the eighth round is just, I mean, how good is your team going to be if you wait to draft Trevor Lawrence in the eighth round? That is just, ooh, I I love it. And I, I love all the players yeah. above him. All the players above him, I think, are going to be top 10. It's not like he's out of the question, but it's just the current ADP. You can really load up your team and then get someone that is for sure top 10. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly what I was about to yes. say. Exactly. Yeah, exactly what I was about to say. The fact that you can fill out and load up your roster and then get a guy who's a strong chance to be a top five quarterback is it's too it's too appealing. When I saw what round he was going in, I was like, oh man, it's gonna be hard for me to not hope for that situation to happen for me because that is I, I said that I was gonna go quarterback early because I was like, you know what? There's nothing certain now, and I don't know what to do, and I'm tired of playing this guessing game. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a guessing game when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. It feels like it is going to be somebody who comes through and is going to be a top five quarterback, top six quarterback. I love it. I'm excited about it. Let's jump to the running back position. A guy I have going way too high here, and, and it's tough because while they may not be super outrageous in 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 you know kind of where they're ranked versus where they're going, where we have them, it's still it's still important to talk about this because it's it's you know while it maybe just be like seven eight spots it's still important it's the, you know it, it's we're gonna show our confidence here I think in what we're talking about is what I, I guess what I'm trying to say here so a guy I have going way too high is Aaron Jones uh, he is currently going as the RB fifteen off the board I've got him as my RB twenty two for me it's just there's too many unknowns in Green Bay right now for me to feel okay about this uh, and then to add on to it. Aaron Jones has only had six rushing touchdowns in the past two years. That's not great. That's not a great thing. Uh, and I'm not really expecting this offense to be in a position to be running the ball a ton. So I'm pretty out on Aaron Jones. His PPR value is what's going to be keeping me to have him as a borderline RB2. Uh, but I'm still not super excited to be drafting Aaron Jones. I don't think he's going to come through as a guy who's going to help you win your league. I think it's going to be more like, hey, that was a decent week. Maybe we play him again. I'm not really sure. Like, I, I just I don't know entirely how well you should feel about Aaron Jones coming into this season. Uh, you know, his PPR value could be fairly well attached to the fact that Aaron Rodgers was throwing him the football, and they had that rapport. Maybe Jordan Love doesn't have that rapport with him. And if Aaron Jones is only running for, you know, three rushing touchdowns this year. I'm not going to be super stoked on that. So if I, especially if I draft him to be my RB two, uh, expecting him to be a borderline RB one. So I'm, I'm calling my shot here that Aaron Jones is being drafted too high. And, 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 and I'm, I'm out on Aaron Jones this year. I don't think that's ridiculous to already 
bow out of Packers players. Uh, I mean, something that we talked about last season before week one were, you know, kind of like the logo game. Which logo do you see and you want all the players on that team as possible? And which logo do you see that you want nobody from? And for me, it's that G. If I see that Green Bay Packers logo, I'm not drafting them. And I'm so, prove me wrong and I'll get you next year. But Aaron Jones, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe there is some secret, sneaky, surprising reason that Jordan Love is like, "Uh, I'll just hand it off again, you know, or just, I don't know, LaFleur is too timid to fully unleash the passing game because he just, I, I don't know, but it just, it feels like that it's, I almost put down Aaron Jones as well. I, I feel the exact same. And, it's, you know, he's running back 15. He's going, you know, in the 30s overall. He could be your RB2, and I don't feel comfortable with that. It, depending on how much you love a wide receiver, you may have to draft Aaron Jones. And I think that's another thing yeah. to consider that I'll, I'll tack on to this too, is depending on your draft strategy and your draft position, you may end up boxing yourself in a corner where Aaron Jones is the next best running back that you have to get. Otherwise you have to hope that, I don't know, Cam Akers is available. I mean, it's just like, there's, there's a situation where you set yourself up for failure. The old adage of you can't win a championship in the draft, but you can lose it in the draft. Not to be dramatic, but I think drafting Aaron Jones at this particular point could be losing a championship. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I don't. I, you don't think you're too far off there. So I, I'm glad we're on the same page here with Aaron Jones. It's just Green Bay is going to be really interesting to to feel out how things are going to go. They, and you know the Packers, I think, can get out of Aaron Jones's contract after this season. Uh, you know Jordan Love is only under contract for another season. It could be a heavy reset for them. Not this year, but next year, if things mm. don't work out and things aren't looking good. So, you know, AJ Dillon will be a free agent next year. Like, it's just, there's, it could be, we could go from Rogers, you know, franchise and, and dynasty era to just this team is just now rebuilding and is the new Houston Texans. So, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be <gasps> very him. hard to watch, wow. but, um, you know, I'm not sure. It won't surprise me if around week eight, Wes, you and I are going. I think Lafleur is on the hot seat. I don't know what I don't know what we're gonna do here. We'll have to wait and see. But um, could be, Wes. Which running back is going too high for you that you're just disgusted by? <laughs> just ugh, down. It's I'm ugh. humiliated by this. Gross. Ugh. I I'm not as uh, strong in my take as you are with Aaron Jones. I think you are more correct with Aaron Jones because I need to see what happens these next couple weeks to Dalvin Cook. Mm. I think Dalvin Cook, right now, he's RB12. That is not bad. I- I'm not disappointed that he's he's at that spot. I just don't know if he is going to be worth this draft pick. Overall, he's 27th. So you think of RB12, oh, great, a lot of other running backs are taken ahead of him. Yeah, but you could be in the second round and Dalvin Cook is gone. And or you yeah. take Dalvin Cook. I don't feel comfortable taking Dalvin Cook in the second round and not even really in the third round. I I need to see what which team he plays for. I have to know where he ends up and I still don't even know if there is a dream landing spot for me for Cook because it feels like maybe one more year 
by miracle, maybe two more years where he is top 15, but it is, I just don't feel comfortable. He is surprisingly valuable as a PPR back. And I think that's the same with Aaron Jones. And we know that's not going to happen for Aaron Jones because of his quarterback. I, I just, I, I think, I think Dalvin Cook is better than Aaron Jones. But I don't know if I have that complete confidence to be like, yeah, third round, Dalvin Cook, you're mine. Let's go to the playoffs. I, I just, it just doesn't sit right with me. I need a couple more weeks to just see where he ends up. If he's staying in Minnesota, it doesn't seem like he is. Which team is it going to be? Are the Eagles going to take Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift is cut again? I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So for me, I just, I, I'm, I don't like this, the future for Dalvin Cook in this 2023 season. Yeah, it's it's hard to know what is actually going to happen here. A lot of there's a report this past week that it is, you know, it, it's it is growing more and more likely that he is going to be cut post June first, which is when they can save some money and they can cut him and not have to pay him out what he is owed. Um, it's hard though. It's hard to know, and it's and it's it's gonna for me it's gonna be hard to adjust his value even when I do know where he goes because. I mean, the rumors are that there's a team in the AFC and and I've heard the Dolphins thrown around. If if Delphi goes to the Dolphins, I still don't really know what his value is. I still don't really know where yeah. I'm going to have him at. And it's tough to it's tough to figure out where that's going to be because I don't. I don't not like Dalvin Cook, but I'm aware that he's been playing football for a while. He's gone through a few different procedures and surgeries for his shoulder. Last year was the first full year he's played in a couple years. I just don't know. And, and and Miami uses a committee. So it's like, I just, I'm not sure. And so it's going to be, I'm going to have to pull an Aaron Rodgers and go into a solitude of darkness for a few <laughs> days. Whenever we figure out where Dalvin cook goes to figure out where I'm going right. to, where I'm going to have him ranked this season. So it's going to be tough, but I, I, Wes, I actually, I'll pull, I'll pull Wes right now. I, I had Delvin Cook as my two high before I switched it to Aaron Jones. So I'm glad that oh. I made that switch and we're able to talk about a couple guys here because Delvin Cook was also up there for me as well. So hmm. yeah, I agree. Too high. Delvin Cook going too high right now. Um, listen, here's a guy that I'm really excited about and I'm a big believer in this year. Miles Sanders is going way too low in fancy drafts right now. I promise you guys. Hey, source, trust me. Okay? I promise <laughs> you. He is going way too low. He is currently going as the RB23. I've got him as my RB13 this season. Miles Sanders is about to do something that people didn't believe he could do, and the Eagles didn't believe he could do, and that's be a three-down workhorse back. The only person that's there is Chuba Hubbard, and this is a new coaching staff. And and I want to point out a correlation here that I don't think many people are thinking about or talking about. He received the biggest running back contract this offseason. So if you're a follow the money person, there you go. Like that's that's that that like follow the money. He received the biggest running back contract. He's still a younger running back. He doesn't have much run on him because the Eagles didn't use him as that kind of player. If you watch him at Penn State. He was a freaking beast. He was a freaking beast. And people were like, oh, maybe this guy is just going to be able to take over for Saquon the same way Saquon was. And and Miles Sanders produced similarly. Let's talk about, though, that Miles Sanders is going to now a team, and he's playing for the head coach that drafted him. 
Frank Reich was the Eagles head coach whenever that was happening. Was or was the offensive coordinator or something along was on that OC. coaching staff. Right, he was the OC. So he's playing for a coach that used him well in his rookie year. He's playing behind an offensive line that just gave Deontay Foreman a career year. That's not anything as far as a dig on Deontay Foreman. Just something to point out and put into a little perspective for. And Miles Sanders has extremely little competition for work. Chuba Hubbard is there, but like that's kind of it. They didn't really invest in anybody else. This week, the Panthers have said they're hoping for him to get back to his rookie year workload in the receiving game as well, because that was something he kind of skewed away from after his rookie year. In his rookie year, he had 50 catches for 509 yards and three receiving touchdowns. That's tons of PPR value. For reference, Tony Pollard in his breakout season last year, we talk about how good Tony Pollard was, how much of a PPR machine Tony Pollard was. Tony Pollard had 39 catches for 371 yards and three touchdowns. So we're adding a bit of value there on top of that. Listen, the value of Miles Sanders in drafts is pretty incredible, and I'd be completely fine having him as my first running back for my team this year. I'm a big Miles Sanders believer. I believe that he can be – I've got him at 13. He's a borderline RB1 for me, and uh, and I think he's going to produce as such when he gets this workhorse opportunity. I'm excited about it. Miles Sanders going way too low. And, hey, keep drafting him there because I want to get him there in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round so I can load up on Travis Kelsey and DK Metcalf and Jordan Addison and, and Frank Reich on my team and all these guys, dude. <laughs> I want all of them. I'm excited about Miles Sanders. He's got me fired up this year, wow. man. I'm so excited. God, I mean, I, I was I was loving it. I was feeling the energy. This was awesome. It's getting hyped. And then you make that claim that he could be your starting running back on your I'm team. I'm good with it. That is amazing. That for that alone is just confidence to the next degree where someone has done yeah. their research. They've either done their research or they're an idiot and they forgot that they, need, they needed a running back. <laughs> they were like, oh, Rick, oh, I'll take yo, Miles. Miles. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for reminding everyone that he was Saquon's backup at Penn State. And then when yeah. Saquon was drafted, he took over and did really well. And there was thoughts of like, he could be better than Saquon in the way he's going to Penn State. And it was just wrong place, wrong time in Philadelphia. And it's just... I I hope it's time. And and you've been telling me about this just off and on throughout, I mean, I think, I don't know, February, March. I mean, yeah. you are stoked about Miles Sanders. So I'm glad you're I putting am. a spotlight on him. That's and this is this is the thing. This is what I commend you for, Noah, because you want him so badly and you want his ADP to stay down there, but you are doing Jared a service and you're helping the rest oh, yeah. of these trollers know about Miles Sanders and three down potential and the running back work that was there with Frank Reich and the chemistry they may already have. There's a chance and I feel it's a good chance and I'm willing to take that risk with you. Thank you for your service. You're I appreciate welcome. you. Please don't take that risk with me so I can draft him though. Right. If you're in one of Noah's leagues, uh, skip, watch the next podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just clip Stop listening. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Dummies. Don't talk about it. Yep. Wes, who's going too low at the running back position for you? It's Brees Hall. 
This guy mm. is so great, and I'm taking advantage of the injury recency bias that has dropped him down to RB18 in this draft, and he's uh, 41st overall. He could he could fall to the fifth round. Let me just remind. I'm okay. So so uh, Jets fans, AFC East fans, they know what Brees Hall was doing when he was playing. Let me remind you though the statistics. Out of any running back that had 60 or more rushing attempts, he led the league rushing yards per attempt. Led the league of anyone that had 60 or more rushing attempts, 5.8 wow. yards per carry. That is insane. And for points per game, points per game, he was RB8. Points per game, he had 16.4 points. Yes. Yes, please. That is RB1 material to me. I'm I'm elated. I, I <laughs> This is so exciting to me that he's falling this far. Thank you. Thank you for, for being afraid of his injury. Thank you for being afraid of Aaron Rodgers somehow coming in and and just reshaping New York into a complete pass first offense. No, because Noah just talked about Aaron Jones and how good he is and how often Aaron Rodgers throws to the running back and Brees Hall. Is really good, and it's his second year. Who are these people? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love it. Thank, I feel the same way. Thank you. Don't listen to this podcast. Go watch something else. Go check up on another season of The Mandalorian, and we'll draft Brees Hall and Miles Sanders, and we'll meet each other in the in the championship. He's yeah, so good. Brees Hall's so good. He's going to be fine for week one. He's going to be great. And this is what I've been saying the whole time. The real X factor in Rodgers going to New York is not Garrett Wilson. It's Brees Hall. We know Garrett Wilson's going to be great. I, 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 I'm going to check right now. I just want to see again off the top of my head where Garrett Wilson right now. His ADP is in the 20s. He, he's wide receiver 11. We know it. Yeah. He's going to be great. And I think that got... I think that distracted everyone away from Brees Hall. Mwah! I'm Take so the happy about discount. this. Yeah. Yes. Take the injury it's discount. Well it's it's there are listen, everything about this situation should steer us away. Should. The running backs coming back from the ACL year one don't do great. That's just, oh no, it's like it'd be good. It's, uh, it's yeah. okay. So Let's talk like adults now and let's talk about and realize that there are scenarios in which guys return from the ACL and just go right back to what they were doing. And it's not often, but I don't know if you guys remember. Well, here we got to talk about the first knee injury, but there's a guy named Todd Gurley who tore his ACL, went out for the season. People were worried about him. You got a discount on him in fantasy drafts. And then he came back. And he was the RB1 again the very next year. Like, it it happens. And it happens for certain players, and those have to be special players, but Brees Hall is a special player. Brees Hall is a special player. His, you know, people want to talk about the draft or combine scores. You may think that's a reliable thing to talk about. You may not. Brees Hall's combine score was a 99. He scored up there with guys like Derrick Henry, like Todd Gurley. Like, he was up there in those positions with those guys. He is that good. And he's that dude. And if anyone's going to come back solidly, just not missing a beat from an ACL injury, it's going to be Brees Hall. And uh, Wes has been, yeah, same thing here. Wes has been banging this drum for a while now. And, and I, I think we got to the end of last season and he went, I'm just 
I can't wait for everybody to forget about Brees Hall. I can't wait because <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And so yeah. buy in and believe it or don't and let us win our fantasy leagues that you're in with us because it's going to be something special when Brees Hall gets back on that field in that new revamped Jets offense here. Wes, let's jump through here real quick to some wide receivers. And a guy I've got going way too high is Debo Samuel. Uh, let's see, he's going as the wide receiver 15. Do you also have Debo Samuel? I knew you were going to say him because of what you said last episode. I just yeah, I knew you just, were going to say Debo. Lay it on it's me, boy. Just wide receiver 15. I've got him as wide receiver 24. Like He's a borderline back-end wide receiver 2 for me. Listen, I got – hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. I got seven words. Seven words for you. Too many cooks in Kyle Shanahan's kitchen. <laughs> Those are the seven words for you. There's too many cooks in his kitchen. He's got two. Listen, for an NFL standpoint, congratulations, 49ers fans. Your team is so good. Your team is so good, and you have such a great coach. But the fantasy values for this team are impossible to be sure on. Elijah Mitchell ate into Christian McCaffrey's value substantially when they played in games together. Like, it was like a difference of like eight fantasy points per game whenever Elijah Mitchell was on the field with McCaffrey versus when he wasn't. And and it just shows that like it's too – it's too hard to predict if these guys – where the ball is going to go. There may be a game – where, you know, Debo Samuel gets an awesome 80-yard touchdown and a few more catches and has an awesome day. There also could be a stretch among the second half of the season where George Kittle scores 11 touchdowns over, like, a six-game period. And over it's like, three quarters. okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, <laughs> what are we going to do here? Like, it's just there's too many pieces and weapons for this team. And funny enough, coincidentally, with the quarterback not actually figured out for certain, like it's it, it we may not actually know who's going to be getting the ball to these guys, and if it ends up being Trey Lance, which I don't know if it will be, but if it ends up being Trey Lance, that's like five more potentially just like just you know spontaneous quarterback rushes in a game. Like that's five more plays that it's not going to maybe Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey. It's just there's there's too many players here and i'm just kind of out on these san francisco skill players besides mccaffrey obviously he's you know obviously going to be fantastic but just not really enough shares of the ball to go around i feel like for someone to be really solid in fantasy this year as far as these other skill players go so Debo Samuel is going too high for me that's who i've got at the wide receiver spot this is interesting because for me deep obviously Debo is a great player but it is interesting because i don't feel like i am I am totally out like you are. So this will, this for me is a very fun discussion to have over this offseason to see. I know that you're very high in Ayuk. And Ayuk won me my championship last year because he balled out. He got me like 25, 30 points. And it it's that kind of thought like, is Kittle, and, and this is to your point, is Kittle going to return to that prime, as we saw at the end of the regular season, will Ayuk step into that year three role that these wide receivers are so good at having? Is Christian McCaffrey going to continue to be the favorite target? Is someone else going to me? I mean, what about your your best friend, Ray Ray McLeod? Is he going to end up being somewhere on the scene? <laughs> I just, it's, Sickles, it's a, Sickles Griffins, baby. Sickles Griffins. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, baby. I, I, I school football. I, Woo. 
I, I do agree. I agree. There are too many cooks in the kitchen. He is, a, he's too talented for me right now to avoid drafting altogether. But as of now, I'm not completely concerned about his, his ADP. But again, I, I, I think this depends on the strategy. What receivers are you taking those first two, three rounds to make yourself feel comfortable to take Debo or to not take Debo. This, I'm sure I'm going to talk to you about this for the rest of the off season. I'm, this is very interesting to me. Sure. You know, and, and I get it. And, I, and I've got him at wide receiver 24. Like I said, when I was talking about running backs here, it's, it, there may not be a huge discrepancy, but I don't know if like, if I go running back in round one and I have an early pick, I don't know how I feel having Debo Samuel as my wide receiver one. Like, if he's going at wide receiver 15, he's going probably end of the second, maybe beginning of the third. Like, if I picked early and I took, like, Bijan Robinson with the third or fourth pick, like, I don't know if I want Debo Samuel as my top wide receiver mm. on my fantasy team. Like, I, I, and so it's just, he's somebody that I'm going, yeah, with where people are valuing him at, I don't think, I'm not sure he's going to return on that. If I get Debo Samuel in the flex, I'd be like, sick. Like, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. sign me up. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, Take the chance on a guy who's a talented player. Maybe I don't know how many touches he's going to get or looks, but like I like he's my wide receiver twenty four. Like I'm not. I still I'll, I will say I still don't think I'm going to draft him anywhere. But I will say that like I I don't yeah. I don't necessarily know that I'm like he's going to be terrible. It's more of like a I just don't know if I want him as my top receiver. Like I just that's where I'm at right now. That's how I'm feeling. So. That um, that is it. That, that yeah. Now now I am on the same page totally with you. I do not want him as my wide receiver one. I it re, I don't know if I want him as my wide receiver two. Yeah. So that's that's, that's where for me. right now. Yeah. So um, who's okay. too high, Wes, at the wide receiver spot? Let me know. Uh, it's it's interesting to me because I don't know if this is really all that high, but it still kind of caught me off guard that Keenan Allen is wide receiver seventeen. Uh, in the ADP okay. and he's and he's 43rd overall. And, and I, I thought Mike Williams would have been the first charger taken off the board because I think Mike Williams has a much better shot to produce for fantasy. And Keenan Allen. I, I mean, I got so sick of it in the news last year, whereas Keenan Allen is still hurt. His hamstring is still bothering him. He may be back this week. And I said that for like six straight weeks. I, we didn't even get to see he him. Was, he was day-to-day for two months. Like, he was day – yes, exactly. He was day-to-day for 60 days. Yeah. You and I didn't even get to see him when we went to the Chargers-Dolphins game. It was just yeah. like – it was so annoying. And – I don't think that he is going to be much of a priority for the Chargers in the way that Justin Herbert likes to throw to Mike Williams and the fact they drafted they drafted Mike Williams 2.0 with Quentin Johnson. I mean, yeah. it, every every all Chargers fans know, you know, sayonara, say goodbye, farewell wishes to Keenan Allen. This is pretty much it. And I, I don't I just don't see him being worth this top 20 wide receiver. I don't see him being a top 20 wide receiver. I think Mike Williams has a shot at that. That's just too high. It's the same situation as Debo because looking at the, the ADP right now, overall, Debo's 37, Keenan Allen is 43. I mean, if I'm in that situation, 
I'm taking Brees Hall. <laughs> who's 41. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is such a no-brainer. To me. I don't want those. I mean, TJ Hawkinson's actually also there too. I mean, just looking at the 80. So it, it's actually a similar scenario where it's like, I get how people could see the value in that, but I'm going, it, you got to look at some of the, the rounds when you're doing your mock drafts and figure out who do I hate when it comes to round four and five. <laughs> so I don't set myself up for the failure based on the research I've done. So that's why Keenan Allen is too high for me. Sure. No, I get that. And I, I think a lot of people look at Keenan and go, one, can he stay on the field? And that's a concern for them. I think a big piece about why he's going this high right now. And I think I'm actually in this camp. I think he's going to be a PPR God for fantasy this year. I think uh, he is yeah. going to the amount of targets that CD Lamb would get in the Kellamore offense. I'm 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 almost seeing it reciprocated here for Keenan Allen. Um, I don't know for sure, and it's hard to feel out. I think a lot of people. I pulled up his game log from last season, obviously because he got hurt in Week One, and then he was out for obviously that like five six week period, and they were like, "All right, he's ready to run it back." And then he came back and he played a half of football. And then they were like, mm, he tweaked it a little bit, and next week's our bye week, so he's not going to play the second half. And it was like, well, all right, now he's back out. And that was a, you know, some people were like, great, he's back, he's ready to go, back in the lineup, and he finishes wide receiver 75 that week. So that was good for everybody. Sick. Um, yeah. So then, but I think what people are focusing on here is he came back week 11 versus Kansas City. Different offensive coordinator than as now. Kellen Moore is there. but. This is just his targets, week 11 to week 18. Or, and we'll just we'll go week 11 to week 18. Uh, eight targets, seven targets, 14 targets, 14 targets, nine targets, 14 targets, six, and then 11. He finished that first week back against Kansas City as wide receiver 29, and then he did not drop below wide receiver 25 those remaining, uh, whatever that is, seven weeks. He was wide receiver 22, and then wide receiver 12, wide receiver 10, wide receiver 19, wide receiver 9, wide receiver 25, and then wide receiver 1. Over that span, I think he was like wide receiver 6 over those last, whatever, seven games. So I, I get why people are bought in, but when you invested into the offense, I wonder where targets are going to lie. I wonder where Justin Herbert is going yeah. to throw the football in a new look offense. So I understand. I, I can see why people are like, well, he was fantastic to close of the year. Why wouldn't he continue? I think I, I'm really on the fence about Keenan Allen. I don't love that you have to take him in the fifth round. I think if yeah. you could get him in like the sixth, I think it's again like a Debo situation. If I could get him like the sixth or seventh and he was like my flex, I'd be like, great. But the fact yeah. that if I go running back, running back, I'm going to have to take him as either my top wide receiver or my second wide receiver, depending on how I go here. Yeah. I, I think he's going a little too high for my liking, which bums me out because I was excited to draft him, but I think I'm going to have to pass on him based on how I'm going to go about things here. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> just to play devil's ad devil's advocate against myself, just what you're talking about, the PPR value, his PPR value is, has been ridiculous, but let's not forget this yeah. will be his 10th. This will be his 10th year in the NFL. Um, before last year, four out of five seasons 
for the last five seasons before last year, he had over a hundred catches. That is yeah. PPR magic. That Insane. is yeah. gold. But he's, it's, I, it's I'm, tough. It's I just, tough. I'm not bought in where I know. he is right now in the ADP. It's so hard to buy in. But you go back and you look at it, you go, since 2017, we're going to exclude last year, but 2017 to 2021, his fin- his yearly finishes, wide receiver 3, wide receiver 12, wide receiver 6, wide receiver 14, wide receiver 10. And the last year is the injuries. He goes to wide receiver 42. It's so hard to want to spend a pick that early on Keenan Allen. It might be his last year that it's worth it, but I just don't. It's, it's too much of a new offense, I feel like, for me to go – yeah, it's gonna. He's gonna repeat. He's gonna be a top sixteen yeah. wide receiver. But if he does, I'm gonna go. Duh, of course he did. But it's like it's just. Right. Hard. It's not the sexy pick. I feel like is what it is. It's not That's the sexy pick you for your. It. Yeah, for your yes. top wide receiver pick or, or your second wide receiver. It's not the sexy pick, but he's gonna he's gonna freaking PPR his way to another top ten finish again somehow. I guess, and we're just gonna be sitting here after the season going. I know. Well, look at us. It's we, on me. We, I'm sorry. I doubted no. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you, he's going to take it personally. We know he's listening. So sorry, Keenan. Um, prove me yeah, wrong. Gotta, yeah, prove us wrong. Be a guest hashtag on the show ne- and tell me how I'm Hashtag never been wrong, though. Yeah, hashtag never been wrong. So um, let's jump through here at the uh, to, to close things out with a, with a too low wide receiver for each of us and then some tight end talk, some toy end talk. Um, Toy to stands. It's not going to surprise anybody if you've been listening to the show or if you just know me or if you are in the same thought process as me, but Calvin Ridley is going too low. Calvin Ridley is going as my AD, as a ADP wide receiver 24. Uh, I've got him as my wide receiver 17 this year. I've got him as a very solid wide receiver two coming into the season. Uh, I don't think I'm rooting harder for an individual as hard as I am for Calvin Ridley, like I'm rooting so much for him. If you have not read the piece he wrote for the Players Tribune, pause the episode right now, go find it and go read it because it is fantastic. It's so, it was so Welcome good. Back. Right, guys? It's, it's it beautiful, good, right? It was a great, it was a great love for football great episode. Um, listen, if you're confused right now, it's because you're not watching on YouTube and. Uh, Socials below. You'll find us on YouTube. Fourth Make sure Fantasy. you subscribe. Hit the notification like bell. Subscribe. Hit the bell. <laughs> um, listen, the article is fantastic. It's a really good article. He's very open and vulnerable and honest about what he's gone through over the past couple of years. It's something really special. And I know he's had his time off, but I'm a strong believer in him bouncing back into action like he was the last time we saw him healthy, which was a wide receiver four season in 2020. He was the wide receiver four in Atlanta while Julio Jones was still there. He was the wide receiver four. Jacksonville's a hot team with a young quarterback and a fleet of weapons, but the motivation that Ridley has, you know, in that article, as you know, he wrote up, he was like, yeah, 1,400 (laughs) yards, great, sounds good. Duval County, let's ride. Like, he is so excited to get back out on the field to show that he is still a great wide receiver, great player in the NFL. I've got him as a solid wide receiver too in fantasy this year, and and you know him going at wide receiver twenty four is fantastic for me. I I would love to get a value on him there. I've got him at wide receiver seventeen. I'm I'm super excited. So, Calvin is it going is, too 
it's insane value for a wide receiver one on, on a team. Yeah. And I and I know that as I referenced already about Trevor Lawrence and how many uh, wide receivers and options he has in the passing game. Uh, Calvin, I mean, they got Calvin Ridley before they even knew when his suspension was done. I mean, they were like, you are coming here and you're going to make Trevor Lawrence have an insane year three leap that quarterbacks generation and franchise quarterbacks are supposed to have. And he's going to have that with Ridley. He's 28 years old. Calvin Ridley's 28 years old. That is still young enough to have a solid season. We're not talking dynasty. We're talking redraft right now, this season. Yeah, he's going to ball out. And I, th- I, I, I think there is a shot he could be wide receiver 15. I think he has a chance to sneak in yeah. to those top positions. I mean, there was a point where we were like, holy crap, Christian Kirk is the greatest wide receiver in yeah. fantasy football. And then yeah. at the end of the season, it was like Evan Ingram is going to win us a championship. So there's, yeah. I'm I'm hanging on with with you on this. I, I'm looking forward to finding a way to. I I don't know if just yet Calvin Ridley is a my guy that I want in every league I'm in, but sure. he's he's definitely up there, man. I'm excited. And it's it, it's close. And and let me just say this: the thought and and you know it has not gone beyond me. The, the thoughts crept into my head that there's so many weapons. You know, you just know he just talked about Debo going too high. You know, why you, you got about Debo going too high because he's uh, he's you know he's got the, the these weapons all around him and stuff like that, and uh, and so it's going to be like it's it's not worth it. It's not you know there's too many cooks in Doug Peterson's kitchen, so to speak, but. Um, <laughs> No, I think that with the, I just I'm a I'm a strong believer that Calvin Ridley is uh, is going to be really really solid in fantasy football for this upcoming season, and uh, and I'm really excited about it. So uh, listen, what we'll do for you real quick if you if you still if you didn't pause to go catch the article, we'll link it in the description below. We'll link that article in the description below. Uh, and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music. Make sure you go give it a read because you might see where I'm coming from with this a little bit clearer if you go ahead and give that a read there. Uh, Wes, tell me, who's too low for uh, for you at the wide receiver spot? I'm just going to double down, and it's Devonta Smith. I've already <laughs> talked about how much I love this yes, guy. Yes, yes, yes. And how great he's going to be. Um, I love it. So overall... Overall, he is uh, 35th in the ADP, and where he is as wide receiver is wide receiver 14. And if you listen to me, I think he's a top five guy, and I think he could be wide receiver three. That's where he is in my rankings. And I just want to read a little bit of what year three wide receivers do when they are already good. So I mentioned they dominate, dominate the top 20. 14, I'm going to try to make this as succinct and clear as possible of the top 20 14 percent of that top 20 belongs to year three that is that is tied for first with year two wide receivers but the top five belongs to year three wide receivers 22 percent of the top five is for year three. The next best is year five, and that is bona fide stars. Think of a Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams or an Antonio Brown, like when they are already solidified and great. Year three wide receivers, 
just destroy the NFL. And if you are buying into these year three players, year three receivers like I am, then if you see, oh, a top five wide receivers fall into the fourth round, you're mine. I'm taking you. I'm going to skip over Joe Burrow, take Devonta Smith, because that is my guy for this season. So I'm doubling down. Yeah, you're too low because you're not in the top 10. Wes, I hope you have some napkins around because you just ate, dude. You just <laughs> ate. That was Let's delicious. Go. I love it. I, 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 I believe my exact reaction, you can catch it on our social media, is when you told me that last episode, I went, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and it was did. like, it was just like, oh my, and then, and, and I'm buying into what you're putting down. I, I probably won't change him in my personal rankings, but I, I think I texted you this week and I said, dude, yes. I hope you are so right on this Devonte Smith thing, because if you are, it will be one of the greatest, like call your shot moments in fantasy sports history. Like if you, oh, sure. if he ends up in the top five of fantasy wide receivers and you had him as your top three, whatever it was, dude, I'm going to like, I, we're going to have to figure out how to get you to the Super Bowl or something. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's just <laughs> such fair. an incredible, it will be such an incredible feat. If anyone's listening has connections to Super Bowl tickets and wants to send your favorite fourth and troll fantasy podcast to the Super Bowl, uh, let us know. We and don't we'll mind. happily go. Yeah. yeah. We'll happily go for research yeah. purposes. Um, not not to water it. down this take, but I, I'm not saying that Josh Palm, uh, Joshua Palmer, who's a year through our receiver, is going to be top 10. I'm not here seeing Diami Brown and Rondell Moore and Rashad Bateman are going to end sure. up as top 15. Mark my words. No, uh, it's Devonta Smith is go, is a very great wide receiver two, borderline wide receiver one by yeah. everybody's consensus. I am I'm revving the engine on this motorcycle and I'm just uh, no, let's go for it. Get him as much as you can in any league you're in. Yeah. As they called Old him Smitty. coming as he as they called him coming into the NFL and in college. Go get the Slim Reaper. Because uh <laughs> do it small, but he's he's crazy. Yeah, he's an yeah. animal. So I love it. Jump in here to the tight end position just to close us out here. Guy going too high for me at the tight end position is Gerald Everett for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's going as a wide or as tight end fourteen, so he's a borderline uh, tight end. You know, tight end one, top ten tight end, a guy who you could start. Maybe is what he's going at right now. I've got him as a tight end twenty three. He was a lot of fun in fantasy last year. Uh, he was a great fill-in piece for the Chargers when one of those two top guys, Keenan or Mike Williams, was out. But unfortunately, now he's like fifth in the pecking order when it comes to targets in this offense. It feels like behind Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnson. Johnson, uh, you know, he'll probably have a couple spike weeks if the ball is going his way. Maybe he's got a week where he's like four catches for 38 yards and two touchdowns, and you're like, ah. Got to go get him off the waiver wire. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's, it's you know, don't worry about it. It's going to be – I just think he's, he's going way too high here. And, you know, 14 isn't, like, anything outrageous, but it's like – I just – people are looking at him going depth piece, and I just don't even think he's worth it for that, to be honest. Uh, you know, he's being drafted as a borderline weekly starter, and I don't think he's going to be that by any means as he's currently being drafted as, so – uh, Gerald Everett is just going too high for me. I don't, I, I think that's, you know, I think it's a little, a little too much for me. There's not even much to comment about because it, it does yeah. 
it's it's like yeah there there's a lot of there are far better options and pieces in in LA for Justin Herbert that it, it's it is it's going to be those outlier weeks where he's going to have that stat right. line 38 yards and two touchdowns and everyone's going to wonder fluke for real and just know already now it's fluke so fluke yeah it's fluke We're yeah gonna that, that op- gonna put him in the segment because just no no he, yeah we'll this put him is- in every segment even no matter what he does he's just going to be and at the very right. end of fluke for real every week Gerald Everett fluke it's just Gerald it's, it's, a fluke. That's gonna, <laughs> yeah that's how it's going to go listen if you tune into the episode last week you heard me talk about rookie tight ends and how much I don't believe in them I'd take Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid over Gerald Everett. Like, 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 that's where I'm at with this guy. Like, it's just, yeah, you would. Yeah. It's, and I'm not a rookie tight end believer, but it's just like, it's, he, he doesn't, I don't think Gerald Everett belongs on fancy rosters this year. And, uh, yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at on that. Wes, who's for you is going too high at the tight end spot? This is, this is almost, not almost, it is purely out of the fact that, yes, he could be tight end too. But it's just, whoa, there are so many guys that I want way more than where you are. It's Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews right now is um, 23rd. My screen froze for a second. Let me find this back again. Uh, He is... Dude, I I had this ready, and then all of a sudden my screen freaked out. Noah, will you forgive me for this? I will forgive you, Wes. Yeah, I thank think you. He's going I somewhere. In, I think he's going somewhere in the third round. Okay, there uh, he is. There he is. Yeah, there he is. Okay, he is going uh, twenty nine. So yeah, so the end of the third is where Mark Andrews is going. That is absurd to me it, because the gap between Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews is very clear, and you put any other tight end behind Travis Kelsey, and that's why Kelsey is there as seventh. But the gap between Mark Andrews and the next tight end is not that big. You don't need Mark Andrews above Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Jameer Gibbs, DeAndre Hopkins, Brees Hall. Then there's TJ Hawkinson. It's like, no. No, no, no. There are so many bona fide stars that I want. And yes, Mark Andrews is a bona fide star, but it's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to sacrifice a running back or a wide receiver just to have the second best tight end because I can go get someone later on. Maybe the player that I'm going to mention is the best value for for a tight end. I mean, there are players that I think there's that round, I am not spending my pick on Mark Andrews. I'm going to go get I would much rather have T. Higgins. I mean, if Travis Etienne falls to me, then yes, absolutely. Tony Pollard is not too far off from Mark Andrews. You see what I'm saying? It's like he's just in the mix of these really, really good playoff winning kind of players. And it's like Mark Andrews is not that much better than the the third tight end or the fourth tight end. And I, as you know, I don't have him as top five right now. Maybe I'm crazy, but. That that's why he's too high for me. Sure, I see. I see, I was I was getting, I was about to lead into this by saying I think this is going to be our most opposite view this entire offseason. and I think I understand more now and 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 get it more. Is that Mark Andrews is not a bad football player, and he's not a bad fantasy football player. He very well could finish the tight end too. But that gap between, you know, he may not finish much better than 
Dallas Goddard, who you can get four and a half rounds later, and and you are just essentially getting the same amount of points, and you know maybe he scores like 30, 40 points less. Like maybe what does that equal out to? Maybe a couple more, a couple less points per game. Maybe in a in a in a game of inches that really counts for it. But I see what you're saying more now of like. Listen, he Mark Andrews could be great. We've seen him be great with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's MVP season, we saw Mark Andrews be awesome. Yeah. He, but he also may just, you know, he may just fall into the blend of like tight ends two through seven who are like, hey, cool. You guys are all 100 points behind Travis Kelsey and you're all mm-hmm. within 14 points of each other. Like it, like it's like it's that's how that may end up. So I see what you're saying on that, and and I might buy into it a little bit. I think I it, it's again we've talked okay. about outside of Travis Kelsey. It's just it's hard to know where things are going to line up after that. But I I see what you're saying on that. If I'm playing the probability game, maybe I just vote that. Okay, I've seen greatness before here with this matchup and this pairing. Maybe I just buy into it again here. But I'm with it. I like it, Wes. I think it's. I, I, I understand. I understand more now. I thank you for for looking into uh, you know for allowing me to share my perspective and to have an open mind. I appreciate that because it really is at this point when it gets into that third, fourth, fifth round. It's who is the best value of all of these players? I mean, can I just have three? starting wide receivers and one of them is in my flex at this point and then make Brees Hall my running back or you talk about um, like Najee, if you believe in Najee, but Ramondre Stevenson is right there behind Mark Andrews. You and I are crazy about Stevenson. I mean, I think he's going to be a beast. It's just like how much of a gap, that's, that's how I begin to think. How much of a gap is this player at his position from the next yeah. And when you start looking at the running backs, the gap gets larger and larger pretty quick. And with the wide receivers, it starts to increase as well. But the tight ends, the margin is still pretty slim as you go down. And so that's yeah. why I, I'm I'm not intending to spend that third, fourth round, or that fourth round pick really on Mark Andrews. Yeah. And it's, exa- it's exactly what this episode's all about. It's ADP. It's about who's worth it and who's going to return on that investment. And maybe he doesn't. Maybe Mark Andrews doesn't return fourth round value. And Ramondre Stevenson could return first round value on a fourth round pick. You know, it's that sort of bars. thing. So bars. Listen, let's jump into my tight end who is too low. And Wes, I'm just going to let you guess because I think you'll nail it. Uh, who do you think is my tight end that is going too low in fantasy drafts? Mm. Is it Kyle Pitts? No, actually, it's not. <laughs> no, um, I'm trying to remember who your absolute favorite is. Oh yeah, it's Chig Okonkwo. It is my my tight end going too low is Chigoziem Okonkwo of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. He is currently going as tight end nineteen. I've got him as my tight end seven for the season. If you listen to last week's episode, this is no surprise to you. And if you have followed me or Fourth and Troll on Twitter. This is no surprise to you. I am so excited about Chigo Conqua this year in fantasy football. He's probably my favorite fantasy player in fantasy right now. I am leading the caravan of supporters. I am a huge believer 
Listen, not much to go off of in predicting any tight end outside of really like the top five, top six. Like there's the the top guys that you can go, I'm really feeling production out of this guy this year, and, and you can feel pretty safe in it. Outside of that, it's like, okay, is it going to be Cole Komet next, or is it going to be uh, 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 Gerald Everett, or or is it going to be Noah Selby? Like it's it's who is it going to be next? <laughs> um I am so excited about Chico Conquo, and I'm sending out my alert to everyone. Get in on Chico Conquo before everybody else. Wes, besides Traylon Burks, can you name me a pass catcher on the Titans? Um, yes, I can. No, I cannot. Yeah, I was going to go, who? <laughs> I don't know that I can. Uh Listen, besides Traylon Burks, I don't think anybody comes into like interference for targets with Chig. I think he is going to be absolutely fantastic. He led all tight ends last year in my favorite metric ever, yards per route run. He also led all tight ends in yards per reception, and he was being targeted on 25% of the routes he was running. If he ran four routes, he was getting a target on one of them. People run routes. Guys, I don't know if you guys know that. Tight ends run routes. Wide receivers run routes. That happens. So I am all in on the Chig breakout. For me, he's a weekly fantasy starter and could be a top tight end this season. Chico Conquo going as tight end 19. Got him inside the top seven for me. That's that's my – listen, I'll say it already. He's going to be a my guy. So that's just I, – I, I, if yeah. you hadn't caught on yet – He's going to be a my guy. When we get to that episode, be prepared to hear all of this again and more. I'm just really excited about it, man. It's it's exciting. We've seen a tight end for the Titans break out multiple times. I know you guys remember, Jonu Smith had his breakout year with the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill was quarterbacking. Delaney Walker was a top tight end in fantasy football for the Tennessee Titans. I believe he had Marcus Mariota and maybe a mix of Ryan Tannehill throwing the football a little bit there. But, like... For some reason, I guess tight ends for the Titans can do well here, and I believe Chico Conquo will do that. Going way too low, get in or get out, or don't talk to me ever again. <laughs> facts. All Quintual facts, fantasy. no printer. <laughs> Hit the bell yeah, below. I love it. Yeah, subscribe. Make sure you like the video if you yeah, like the video. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that you are you're chugging along on the Chig train, baby. This is fun. I'm here for the ride. I'm hopping aboard. I'm trusting the research and the statistics you have done on this very niche proof, hopefully, that he's going to be a top 10. I I put him in my top 10 tight ends because you told me to. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I've yeah. already expressed it's like, it's so hard for me to figure out who else outside right. of Travis Kelsey that you buy into. But this is fun. You're giving us someone to buy into outside of Travis Kelsey. And I am for it. So... Thank you, Noah. And as much as you want me to be right about Devonta Smith, I am praying that you were right about Chig, and I'm going to get him. I, just I know a, you'll get him yeah. before me in our leagues, I'm sure. Won't try to do that to you, but like and everything else will be like, all right, this one's for Noah. Yeah, the, that's the funny thing is that I've like I've been so outwardly spoken. I'm like, I'll take Travis Kelsey wherever I am in the first round. And then I'm also like, oh, I don't know, actually, I got this guy here that I'm really excited about, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see here. Wes, who is going too low for you at the tight end position to round things out? It is going to be Darren Waller. 
He is late fifth round currently, and we know that people are pretty skeptical on what he's going to do um, with how little he played with the Raiders last season, his injury history, and the fact that he's on a new team. People would rather, I think, buy into Derek Carr than Daniel Jones. I think that's a mistake because Daniel Jones has won a playoff game in the last couple of years. And also, <laughs> Daniel Jones is really proving himself to be a franchise, and Derek Carr just left. Aside from all of that, Darren Waller is a good football player, and I think it's worth taking that chance because you look at this round, and this is where you start looking like, well, would I rather have Darren Waller or Chris Godwin with Baker right. Mayfield? And something, if if you follow us on TikTok, you'll see the statistic that Baker Mayfield has only produced one wide receiver that has finished in the top 20, ever. One. One wide receiver. So is it Chris Godwin or Mike Evans? The answer is neither. So I'm I'm very interested in Darren Waller, and I also believe in him. I mean, he's in my top 10. I think there's going to be a surprising connection between him and Daniel Jones, and I think the way they got Jalen Hyatt to go streak down the field and get some open up this space, Saquon is there too, obviously. I, I like I, – I'm going to take this chance. I like this chance, and it doesn't feel like it's a risk because at the end of the day – I'm going to need another tight end if I'm going to take Darren Waller, to, to be completely honest. I'm probably going to draft someone else. And, you know, maybe I take Chicken Conquo because he's down there as tight end 19. And maybe, yeah. Uh, Darren Waller is tight end five in the ADP. So, yeah, I'll take a shot. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll see if Tyler Higby has some kind of weird resurgence. I mean, it's just, I, I don't need to stress. Right. It's kind of jumping back to the start of the episode about if you really are worried about the injury. Like with Tua, well, go get go get. If you believe in him, go get him, and then go have some kind of security just in sure. case. I'm 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 really I'm ready to believe in Darren Waller for this season. I'm loving it. Yeah, I I, I think I am too. I go back to the beginning of last season, and I don't, Wes, I don't even remember. We we're talking about a guy named Daniel Bellinger for a little bit, and uh, and then he got hurt. Yeah, and uh, and then he wasn't very much of a conversation or anything, but he was a. He was a, we were talking about him as a tight end streamer for a little bit because he was scoring touchdowns. He was doing well. I think a really solid player at the tight end position is going to help Daniel Jones a lot. Hopefully throw more passing touchdowns because he threw like four last year or something yeah. like that. Like it was so few passing touchdowns. Yeah. I was um, three touchdowns away from tying Daniel Jones. Yeah, incredible. That was, that was really, really good. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I'm, I, I like Darren Waller a lot. I think the fit in New York is going to be great. I think he's going to do really well, and I'm excited for him. So. That is a fantastic option as far as who's going too low. And listen, there's a little bit of ADP, guys. Hope you guys hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys had fun with our ADP episode. We hope you gained some information, some understanding, and 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 maybe you maybe you buy into this, maybe you don't. Let us know in the comments below if you're feeling like you know. Let us know these dudes rock or these dudes <laughs> suck. One of the two. I hope you see yeah. those comments in there. Uh, let us know because it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch these things pan out here. We got some very specific things we're going to talk about and then some more just things that are going to develop over the offseason. Where's Delvin Cook going to go? Where are we going to have him ranked at the end of the day? That sort of thing. So we're super excited. But let us know in the comments below what you think. Let us uh, let, let us know uh, if, if you know you're in or you're out. Let us know. We're excited for it. 
Make Tuddy the Troll smile by hitting that subscribe button and ringing that bell, leaving us a like, and be sure to check us out on all our social medias, which are down below. Join us next Tuesday. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy.